are so honored to have you with us here at LifePoint Church on this, your special day. I would like all of our mothers in the house to stand. Would you stand if you're a mom? Would you just stand right now? Come on now, let's give them a hand. Can you do it? Thank you for all you do. Multitasking, working in and out of the home, cooking, feeding, cleaning, changing diapers, taking care of your husbands. Uh, and, and you single moms, our hats are off to you. Thank you for all you do. You are amazing. We honor all of you today. As a matter of fact, we have something special for you. As you leave today, we're going to give you something special. And uh, I, you, you moms deal with so much. I heard a story of a mother whose young son came to her and asked, Mom, where did I come from? She thought, oh, great. Here's the question, the big one. Where's his daddy when I need him? So she set him down, and she told him everything. You know, she had the talk. And when she finally finished, she asked him, Are you okay, son? Do you understand? He said, I think so. But I was just wanting to know where I came from because Johnny said he came from Philadelphia. <laughs> we deal with so much. You moms deal with so much and you multitask. You wear so many hats and our, our hats are off to you for all that you do. I'm preaching a message today uh, about the faith of, of mothers. And before I do, I want you to focus your attention on the screen and take a look at this short but very powerful video. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Proverbs 31, 25. I grew up in Saudi Arabia where my dad worked. Because of our cultural and geographical isolation, my mom and I were instant best friends. She knew me better than anyone and was the first person I would share my heartbreaks and happiness with. I remember the first time I told my mom how crazy I was about my new boyfriend, DJ. She was so excited for me and was always willing to give me advice and help me in any way she could with my new relationship. The best thing DJ ever did for me was introduce me to Jesus. The beginning of our marriage was the beginning of my faith journey. I'm so thankful because I was going to need the Lord more than ever in the season that was about to start. A few years after DJ and I got married, I became a mother for the first time, but it was unconventional. I adopted DJ's four-year-old daughter, Taylor. If you've ever adopted a child, you know it takes a lot of faith. It's like stepping into the unknown, but in time we see that it's worth it despite the obstacles you have to overcome. The trials and joy that came when I adopted Taylor helped me to understand God's love for us, his children. Less than a year later, we found out we were expecting. I was so excited and I couldn't wait to tell my mom. She was so excited to become a grandma again. But then in August of 2005, when I was only 16 weeks pregnant, I lost my mom unexpectedly. I think of my mom often, especially on special days like today, holidays, and her birthday. Losing her was and still is devastating. Through this, the Lord has taught me that even though my mom isn't here, it doesn't mean that I can't learn from her or that she doesn't influence me. Even though she's gone, I still have a role model to learn from. 
I am grateful for the time I had with her, the things that she taught me, and the love that she showed me. Three months after my mom died, some struggles that my husband had came to the surface and we separated. It was a very painful and difficult decision for everyone involved. My husband's family and I agreed that because of the impending divorce, it would be best for Taylor to stay with them. It was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make and to accept. There was a lot of chaos and hurt in letting her go, and I didn't know what would come of the relationship between Taylor and I. In the middle of what was happening in my marriage, the hurt over what happened with Taylor, the grieving over my mother, and the joy of expecting my new baby, I'll never forget one Sunday when God restored my faith in Him and the hope that He would restore my family. I didn't know what would happen, but I knew that God was going to bring us all back together. A week later, Madison was born. I hoped that this would be the one thing that would bring everything back into order, but it didn't. I remember sitting in the hospital getting ready to leave, telling God, I'm not leaving this hospital until you put things back together. I quoted scripture, I cried, I did all that I had been taught to do, and yet nothing happened, nothing changed. So confused and disappointed, I stepped out in faith, left the hospital, and my life as a single mother began. A few months later, the divorce was final. Madison and I permanently moved to Baton Rouge. I started working during the day and I went to school at night. My life was blessed but torn. God opened doors for me that needed to be opened and closed the doors that needed to be shut. Madison brought a joy into my life that kept me determined to do the right thing. Yet, I was sad because Taylor was missing. I had adopted her only to leave her. I was still grieving over the loss of my mom and she wasn't there to celebrate the ups and downs of me being a new mom. My strength to get through the days came from Madison and the Lord. Every day I prayed and reminded God that He put this hope in my heart and that He told me my family would be restored. It was during that lonely season that God connected me with LifePoint. I can't describe how lonely I was being a single mom. God gave me a family when I came to LifePoint. My daughter had people to look up to and mentors who looked out for both of us. And even though some people called me crazy, I knew it would be a place that my husband would find grace and acceptance when he returned. It would be a home for my family to grow in ministry. Over the next year and a half, things started to miraculously fall into place. Almost all of my prayers had been answered. God began to rebuild the relationship between Madison, Taylor, DJ, and myself. And just like I had prayed, my husband rededicated his life to Jesus, and the Lord restored our relationship. We were remarried in September 2008. The only prayer left to answer was for the Lord to bring Taylor back to us. Although it took some time, God answered that prayer too. I'm not a perfect mother or a perfect wife, and I certainly don't claim to be the best example of a Proverbs 31 woman, but I do believe the Lord is helping me be more like her every day. 
My life has been filled with so many unexpected ups and downs, but the Lord used those experiences to teach me that I can laugh without fear of the future, that I can be strong, that I can be the wife and mother that I dreamed of being by putting my faith in Him. This Mother's Day, I pray that your faith can be restored and renewed. Know that He made you, He loves you, and if you follow after Him, nothing can stop the amazing plans He has in store for you and your family. Isn't that awesome? We love Wendy and DJ, Taylor and Madison. Why don't you stand with me now for the reading of the word? We're going to look to Hebrews 11, starting with verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was a beautiful child. That's what my parents said about me when I was born. And they were not afraid of the king's command. They were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible, not fearing the wrath of the king. I would like to preach a message today entitled, The Power of a Mother's Faith. The Power of a Mother's Faith. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your goodness and your kindness, the moving of your spirit in this service. I pray that you would continue to do so. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God told Abraham in Genesis 15, 13, that his descendants would be strangers in a land that was not their own, and they would serve the inhabitants of that land for some 400 years. They would suffer affliction there, it says. Then God said in Genesis 15, 14, afterward, At the end of those 400 years, God would judge the land and bring out his people with great possessions. When God told Abraham this, you could say that the future had been revealed. God's plans were now out in the open for any and all who would be willing to hear them. The word concerning the future had been spoken. That means humans could know the future if they heard the word of God no matter if they worship the one true and living God or not. Angels could know the future, good and bad angels, demons, the devil himself. They could know the future if they listened to the word of God. All they had to do was pay attention because God's secret knowledge had become common knowledge. Now, the first part of that prophecy would not take place for at least another 200 years. And the last part would not take place for at least another 600 years. But the fact that they were going into Egypt and that they would come out was something you could take to the bank. It would come to pass. You could count on it. It was the unchanging, unstoppable word of the living God. And sure enough, Exodus 1240 says that it all happened right on time to the very day. 
to the very day. I'm telling you, God's word is sure. We've been going through Revelation, the book of Revelation. On Wednesday nights, we call it Revelation Revealed. And I want to remind you, just as sure as the word of God was to Abraham, so is his word regarding other prophecies in the Bible that have yet to be fulfilled. We've seen this and we're going to see it more and more. There will be a ten-nation kingdom that dominates the earth in the last days. There will be a Daniel's 70th week. If you don't know what I'm talking about, start coming on Wednesday nights. There will be a false prophet. There will be a beast. There will be a rapture of the Lord's church, a catching away. Amen. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. I'm not talking about idle speculation. This is the sure word of the living God, the sure word of prophecy, history told in advance. And I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm going up yonder. How about you? And sure enough, 200 years after God spoke this to Abraham, when Jacob was 130 years old, he moved into Egypt to the land of Goshen, and the 400-year countdown began. And then there arose a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And sure enough, just as the word had prophesied, that Pharaoh began to afflict Israel. Then around the 320-year mark into that, the devil knew a deliverer was about to be born. The devil knew that's how God does things. He learned this from Genesis 3.15. The seed of the woman would eventually bruise the head of the serpent Uh, That was a significant prophetic signpost. It was an appointment that was drawing near. And I believe he wondered, could this deliverer that's going to bring about this deliverance out of Egypt, will this be the, the son of the woman that will ultimately defeat me? And the devil did everything in his power to stop God's plan. We know this because he filled Pharaoh's heart with fear. He inspired Pharaoh to murder all of the little Hebrew baby boys. At first, he commanded the Hebrew midwives, the chief midwives, Shipra and Pua. We have their names from the Bible. He commanded them to kill all the male babies that were born, but they refused. And so Pharaoh enlisted his soldiers to take newborn baby Hebrew boys and throw them into the Nile River. It was at this time a Levite named Amram and his wife, Jochebed. There's some names. We've got some pregnant women in the house. There's some names for you. Amram, Jochebed. I like that a lot. And, and they had their third child, a son. And even though Pharaoh had a plan to kill their son, Amram and Jochebed were not moved by fear. They were not moved by fear. As a matter of fact, they were moved by faith. The book of Hebrews says that they they were people of faith. It says by faith. They were people of faith. That means they were people of the word. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. They were the kind of people who would declare things like this. God is for us. God is working behind the scenes. I don't understand it, but he's there. There's more that are with us than are against us. And in faith, Jochebed resisted the Pharaoh of Egypt. And in so doing, she was resisting the devil and submitting herself unto God. In faith, Jochebed refused to give her son over to those Egyptian soldiers. She hid him 
for three months. And then when he got too big to hide, she got resourceful. She built an ark out of bulrushes and set little Moses adrift in the Nile River and then sent his older sister Miriam out to follow him along the shore. In what seemed like an impossible situation, Jochebed acted in faith. She did all that faith required her to do. And she left the rest up to God, trusting him that he would take care of her and her family. I'm talking about the power of a mother's faith. I want to tell you right now, we are living in the last days. The Bible says a lot about the last days, and it prophesies some doom and gloom. It says in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then it gives a whole litany of things that are so negative. It says that in the last days, the love of many shall wax cold. It says that in the last days, the whole world will wonder after the beast, which is this demonic, satanic-inspired being that will dominate the earth. But that's not all the Bible has to say about the last days. It also says the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. It also says at evening time there will be light. It also says in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. It also says, but those who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And there is a generation that is rising right now, even here at LifePoint, that will see the glory of God and the light at evening time and an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and a generation of wildlife kids and young lifers who will do great exploits for God. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil's doing all he can to destroy this generation and keep that revival that God's promised from coming to pass. But you hear me now. The the devil greatly underestimated the power of a mother's faith back there in Moses' day, and he's underestimating it again. There are some mothers in this room today, and your faith is more powerful than you realize. You are more effective in prayer than you realize. That hedge that you have prayed around your children is more powerful than you can know. Come on, give him praise right now. Your faith is powerful. Your resistance is powerful. Your refusal is powerful. Your resourcefulness is powerful. Your stand of faith is powerful. You don't have to assume that Egypt is going to get your babies. You don't have to let them be sacrificed to this old world. You can stand on the word of God and tell your babies, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hallelujah. My Lord, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. I love what Joshua said. It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And he said, we will. But here in the South, we say, we're going to. We're going to serve the Lord. My sons and daughters will speak in tongues and prophesy and dream dreams. I'm talking about the power of a mother's faith. Last Friday, a week ago, Valerie and I went to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. That is not recreational experience right there, y'all. That is uh, very touching and moving and emotional. And we, we felt like we were on sacred ground as we walked through that Holocaust Museum. And we looked at those pictures and heard those stories. And we watched a video of a survivor 
And this survivor said, she recalled, she said, I remember standing behind the, standing behind the fence as families were being marched into the, the showers, which were the gas chambers. And she said, they knew, they knew they were going to die. They already, word had already gotten out. This wasn't to get cleaned off. This was to go and die. They knew they were going to die. And she said, I watched as families came by. And I remember this one particular mother who was walking with her babies, her children. And she said, the little babies were worried and concerned. They looked at their mom and they said, Mom, what do we say? And the survivor said, that mother without hesitation looked at her babies and said, we were born Jews, we will die Jews, you will say the Shema. And so they were walking into those gas chambers saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, He is one Lord. They were saying the Hebrew word for, We believe, we believe. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. I'm telling you, there's something about the power of a mother's faith. You can inspire your children like nobody's business. Don't give up on your babies. Don't give up on your kids. Don't assume Egypt's got them for the rest of their lives. I know prodigals are coming home this year. I know sons and daughters are coming home this year. You don't understand the power of a mother's faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Teach your kids what it's like to be strong. Show them what it's like to stand in faith. Jacobed's influence was brief, but it was not overcome by the glamour of Egypt. Moses was trained in the finest Egyptian universities. He was lavished with Egyptian wealth, political power, fame. He was exposed to all the idolatry and witchcraft that Egypt had to offer. He was the man in that land. And yet, Hebrews 11, 24, 27 says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Notice that he didn't fear the king. I just read at our reading where his mama didn't fear that king either. Where did Moses get that kind of faith? He got it from his mom. He got it from his dad. Jochebed was the same that he was. This bold, courageous faith in his mother got into his DNA. He didn't replace the faith of his mother, his biological mother, with the faith of his adopted mother, that princess of Egypt. No, he held on to that faith of his mom. It got deep down into the marrow of his bones. It was something very deep and very powerful. 
Jochebed did not transfer a compromising, fatalistic, weak-kneed kind of faith. Jochebed transferred a never-give-up, never-give-in, unstoppable kind of faith. Bold faith is contagious. The devil doesn't understand the power of a mother's faith. He didn't understand it then. He doesn't understand it now. Your faith is strong, mama. Your faith is strong, and it makes a difference. Listen to this. Your strong stand will make your kids stand strong. Your strong stand will make your kids stand strong. Now, the opposite is true, too. Your weak stand will make your kids stand weak. But your strong stand, somebody needs to hear me. You're more powerful than you think. Don't back off. Mama, you resist Egypt. Mama, you you resist the advances of this wicked culture. You get creative. You get resourceful. You homeschool if you got to. You do whatever you got to do. You can overcome. Your kids don't have to act like the other kids in this world. Your kids don't have to dress like the other kids of this world. Your kids don't have to buy into all that junk that Hollywood is selling. Your kids don't have to drink and smoke dope and sleep around. Your kids don't have to be confused about their gender. You can stand strong. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Come on, somebody, give him praise. Get them plugged into the word. Get them plugged into prayer. Get them plugged into fasting. Get them plugged into worship. Get them plugged into praise. Let them know what it's like to have a mama that embarrasses them in front of their friends by praying out loud real hard. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, I'm calling on your name. Father, I bless your name. Let them know what it's like to have a mama or a daddy. Let me go ahead and go there that knows how to worship God like wind man, who knows how to just give it all this. Let them see that. Let them feel that. Let them taste that. Let them know that because that faith is powerful it's powerful you want your kids to be strong lead the way lead the way teach them in good times in bad times in trying times we serve the Lord folks we're on the precipice of a breakthrough there's been a lot of affliction oppression injustice I would say this in some people's lives here in this room today. The devil's run roughshod over you, made a mess of things, got in, into your mind and people's minds around you, and, and, and you've been hurt, you've been done wrong. But I'm here to declare today there's a day of reckoning coming. God's about to right some wrongs. The, the devil doesn't understand it. The, the demons don't understand it. But I'm just telling you, Micah 7, 8, listen to this. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy, when I fall. I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Isaiah 54, 17 says this. No weapon formed against me shall prosper in every tongue which rises against me in judgment. I shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith God. 
It may take a minute, y'all. It may take a minute. It may take a minute. 400 years seemed like an eternity. But it was all about to change. They were right there on the precipice. And I believe there are some people in this house today right there on the precipice. You need to get a fresh vision for your future. It is not dark. It is not hopeless. It is not over. It's not the end of the road. If you look closely, there's a bend in that road, y'all. I'm just telling you, it's not the end of the book. It's just a new chapter about to begin. I would to God that God would raise up hope in this house and bring a light in the midst of the darkness. Hallelujah. I know there's all kind of junk going on, violence, apostasy, political junk, uh, uh, addiction, brokenness. What are we going to do? Curse the darkness? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to say the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. The word is true. Living for God's the only way to live. Listen, kids, God is a healer. He's a deliverer. Living a holy life is the best life. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to live for God in this present world. I'm going to teach my babies how to serve God with gladness in the midst of trying circumstances. The power of a mother's faith. The power of a mother's faith. You've got to understand just how powerful you really are. Can you stand with me right now? You're so powerful. Your faith is so powerful. And it's, it's not you, it's, it, and it's not all about your faith. It's in whom you've placed your faith. You've, you've leaned in hard. You're all in. It, it's that risky kind of faith. I'm all in on this. If you don't come through God, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm not backing up and I'm not sacrificing my family to the gods of this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where did Moses get his outstanding faith? You know, we always hear about Moses. Moses is all that, right? He's the lawgiver. Man, he parts the Red Sea. He goes and confronts Pharaoh. He does this incredible stuff. He is one of the grand poobahs of the Old Testament. We read so much about Moses. He's mentioned hundreds of times. I mean, when Jesus, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration in the New Testament, he had a meeting with Moses. And Elijah. This cat's powerful, y'all. Had that rod, threw it down, became a snake, picked it back up. Talked to the burning bush. Angelic encounters. Red sea parts. Speaks to a rock, hits a rock, water comes out. Disobeys, hits the rock instead of speaking to the rock because he's frustrated. He's forbidden from going to the promised land, but still water comes out of the rock. He gets in God's face and he said, if you blot them out, you blot my name out too twisted God's arm in a, in, in a sense with covenant language and God said okay I won't blot them out I won't blot them out it's intercessor powerhouse of a man powerhouse we read so much about him where did he get it got it from mama I'm not going to bow I'm not, what you going to do Jacobit did God tell you to hide your baby no, but it's not the will of God for me to hand him over to those Egyptian soldiers. Not going to do it. Hit him. He's too big. He's screaming and hollering. They're going to find him. What you, here come the soldiers. What you going to do? Built this little boat. I'm going to shove him out in the night. What if the alligators, crocodiles, get a hold of him? I don't know. But at least he's safe for now. She just she's making it up as she goes. I'm just I'm just trying to do. I'm just resisting. I'm resourceful. I'm doing it the best way I know how. 
I mean, I'm just doing it the best. I don't know exactly. I'm making it up as I go. But I'm moving in faith. And then here comes Moses. He comes of age and he says, I am not your son, daughter of Pharaoh. I'm a Hebrew. That's who my people are. And he stands and he resists like his mom. Gets out of line, kills a dude, has to go into hiding for 40 years. God gets him. He comes back. He's got that tenacity of his mama. I am, says, let my people go. Who are you, Moses, to tell me? I'll tell you who I am. I'm Jacobed's son. We've been resisting you for generations. And we're going to resist you now. Don't, don't cut off the chain. Maybe you've fallen and lost your way and your mama was a resistor to this world and you've given in. You can come back. It's in your DNA, man. It's all ready just to be picked right back up. I'm sorry, Lord. I lost my way. I went crazy. Anybody ever went crazy? Just went crazy. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. I remember coming back to the Lord and I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm sorry. I went crazy. You know, I'm sorry. I cussed at you. I'm sorry. I was all mad at you. I'm sorry. I, was, I went crazy, you know. But God plugged me back in. God knows how to plug you back in to faith. Amen. Close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for the faith of a mother. Challenge a mother today, God. Let her know her faith is effective. The devil's a liar, tries to tear her down, make her think it's not working, but her faith is so effective. It's so powerful. somebody here today know they can come back they can plug back in on a mother's day of all days they can plug right back in pick it right back up hallelujah I want to open this altar right now if you feel like the Holy Ghost is moving on you Maybe you're a mother. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe I don't know where you are. I want you to run to the front right now. Don't hesitate. Run to the front. Just get up here immediately. While the Holy Ghost is moving, just get up here. Move. Move. Don't worry about the rest of the family. Don't worry about your dinner plans. Just move up here right now. Come on. Move right now. Just move. Move.